Good morning. Boker Tov. Just, uh, I, I figured we spend uh, a few days to learn Megillat Echa. As you know, we read Megillat Echa on Tisha'a Be'av. Megillat Echa is one of the five Megillot in Tanakh. Megillat Echa was written by Yirmiyahu and Navi. It was an eyewitness to the time of the destruction of the first Beit HaMikdash. The word Echa comes from the word Ech. What's Ech? How? Echa Yasheva Badad. He's going to describe all the terrible things that took place, the terrible tragedy. And he's asking Echa. The word Echa means Ech. Ech means how? Why don't they say the word Ech? What is the word Echa? What is the purpose of the extra head? What's the difference between Ech and between Echa? So the answer is Ech describes a simple kind of how. For example, you see a guy who came here from his house. Say, Ech, he got the lepo. How did you get here? Did you walk? Did you drive? Did you scoot here? Ech. Ech, I see that. Oh, wow, how'd you do that? So the word ech means how? When it comes to echa, echa is describing a question that says basically, how could it be? Echa means ech efshar liyot. Different kind of how. Not of how did you do it? Or how did it happen? Echa means, how could it be? When someone looks at an awesome tragedy and sees unbelievable destruction, they don't say ech. They say echa, meaning it's beyond our capability to understand. So I've explained, that's why there's an extra he. The difference between ech and echa is the extra he. Why he? Because the echa turns the word, he turns it into a nekeva. Turns it into a female word. As you know, in Hebrew language, there are words that are male and words that are female. Echa turns into a female word. Why is that fitting with what we just said? Because... Usually, females are physically weaker and smaller than males. Males are usually stronger physically. So when you say echa, it's describing a person who is too weak, like a female, too weak to understand. So Yirmiyahu and Navi is describing 
a destruction that is unimaginable. That's what the word Echa means. The Midrash, the famous Midrash. Midrash says that there were three people in our history that said the word Echa. Moshe Rabbeinu said Echa Esa Levadi Yeshayahu Anavi says Echa Aita Lezona describing the terrible Averot of the time that he was living in and Yirmiyahu Anavi says Echa Yasheva Badad describing the terrible destruction the Midrash says the Midrash says three people in Tanakh used the word Echa when they spoke now for the Am Aretz for the simpleton he thinks that the rabbis found the word Echa three times and they were excited to report that they found it three different times so they came to tell us by the way like a trivia question you know trivia where can we find someone else? That's what And the rabbi in the Midrash gets up and says, I found it three times. I found it here, I found it there, I found it here. Many simpletons who don't understand the omic, the depth of the way Hazal talk. Hazal don't give trivia. They don't point out simple things. If you read Tanakh, you'll see that there were three people who said, big deal. You need the Midrash to come and report that to you? Oh, three people. Me and you might be excited by that because we never read Tanakh. But the Midrash wasn't written for people who don't read Tanakh. It was written for people who know Tanakh already. And say, by the way, just so you should know, I found three places where Echa was stated. Mazah. A person who understands the omek of Hazal is obviously troubled by such a midrash. What are you trying? To, what are you reporting to me? How many times do you say the word et? Okay, what, what does that what does that do? Hagaon Melissa, Biakov Melissa, are the great gedolim of the last few hundred years. He gives the most beautiful. Not just beautiful in the context, but beautiful in the meaning. To explain this Midrash. What's the Midrash trying to say? That we found three people in history that used the word Echa. He says beautifully. And when you look throughout the history, you'll find that the biggest tragedies that took place in the world had to do with the Jewish people being the target. If you study history, you'll learn that. Not all history is recorded in the books that you read. 
But if you read Jewish history, you'll find some of the biggest, you read about the Roman Empire, but they probably left out a lot of the tragedies that they caused the Jew, the time Israel. The Greeks, you probably didn't read about that in the good history books, about the tremendous suffering they caused the Jewish people. But throughout history, you'll find tremendous tragedy. The tragedy of Echa throughout our history. And a person, a thinking person, probably has a problem. How could it be that Am Yisrael, the nation that Hashem chose to become an Am Hashem, from all the creations of Hashem, Hashem created everyone and loves everyone. They're all His creations. But yet from all the nations of the world, He chose Am Yisrael and gave them tremendous abilities. Like the Pasuk says, Ki atem yadati. Says the Pasuk in the Navi, Ki atem yadati mikol mishpechot adama. It's you that I knew from all of the families of the earth. What does that mean? It's you that I know. Hashem knows everything. It means it's you that I know your capability. I know your awesome ability to reach the greatest heights. Am Yisrael was chosen not from a lottery. Am Yisrael was chosen because of the greatness of the Avot, Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, Shvatim. The greatness of these people it produced a certain DNA. The DNA of a greatness that mankind never saw before. Not on a national or family level. There were great individuals in history before that. But they were never a great family. And that great family developed this gene the DNA of Am Yisrael, a Yehudi and a Goy is not a difference of name. It's not a difference of where you were born. What's the difference between a Canadian and a Mexican? Nothing. Just one was born in Canada, one was born in Mexico. The difference between Am Yisrael and a Goy is not where you were born. There is an essential difference in the makeup of a Yehudi. That's why Hashem gave us the Torah. Because only a Yehudi is capable of living on such a high level. Hashem says, I know you. Mikol mishpechot adamah. I know you means I know your capabilities and therefore I gave you so much more ability to do. I gave you more opportunity. Gave you a Torah. 
I gave you according to what I know you have. Like many great people have said, it's not that Hashem chose us, that we chose Hashem. Hashem chose us because we chose Him. That pasuk ends, Alken pakati And that's why more is expected of you. You expect a lot more from someone who's capable of more. When you have a child that is capable of so much, you expect more of them. When you have a child that's a special needs child, you don't expect too much from them. The smallest thing they do, you get excited about. But a child who's capable of more takes more to be excited. Hashem says, you know why I expect more of you? Because I know how much more you're capable of. Have you ever heard the story of Rav Lopian? I think it was Rav Lopian. See, when you were a little boy, a young child, Something happened. He was a little bit of a wild kid, he says. And uh, one day he was playing in the house after his mother told him not to play. And he did something and he broke a glass. His mother heard. She came into the room. She saw what he did. She gave it to him. Whatever gave it to him means. The next day he says, a chicken. He used to have chickens in the around... Chicken walked into the house and knocked down 12 glasses. His mother heard, she's all nervous, comes out. She sees the chicken did what she did. Takes the chicken, puts him outside. No smack, no screaming, no anger. He says he remembers he was very, very disappointed. Me, I break a glass, one, I get killed. The chicken comes in, breaks 12. Nothing happens to him. How could that be? You could hear a young child asking such a question. Obviously, the answer, simple. You can't expect the chicken to do much. Therefore, there's no sense of talking to the chicken or reprimanding the chicken. But a young man has more and therefore he is asked for more. Hashem says, I know how capable you are and that's why I expect more from you. Says the Gaon Melissa, what the Midrash is coming to express is that we have Echaz in Tanakh. Each one is unique. It's not coming to tell you I found three Echaz. It's coming to connect the Echaz. I want to tell you the Echaz are not just standalones. They all have something in common. The first one is Moshe Rabbeinu. When he says Echa is this awesome nation. This is an awesome nation. He looked around and saw 
Am Yisrael is so an amazing nation that Hashem just did 10 miracles for them in Egypt. He split the sea for them. He gave them the Torah. The man is coming down every day. Be'er Miriam, Alanekavod. All the miracles in the Midbar, all the greatness of Amisa, the Torah learning that was going on in the desert, the amazing growth in 40 years of these people. Amazing. Moshe Rabbeinu says, Echa, can't understand how gifted these people are. Look what Hashem has given them. Look at the opportunity He gave them. Look at the greatness that they're able to achieve. And it's documented throughout history. The greatest achievements of mankind were from Yehudim. Way more percentage-wise than the little amount that we have. That was Moshe Rabbeinu saying, How can I carry this nation? This nation is so big. It's so awesome. Yeshayahu Navi was living during a time where many Averot were being done. He says, He said, how could it be with all the greatness that Moshe Rabbeinu describes in his Echa? He couldn't understand the greatness. He was too weak-minded to understand the greatness. How could they act like this? Sometimes even worse than the Goy. Even if they acted like the Goy would be terrible. And sometimes worse than the Goy. Again documented in history. That Am Yisrael sometimes in history has had people that did even worse than a goy. And for a very simple reason. Hashem gives free choice. And therefore every gift that He gives is not an automatic positive. The gift is the ability to do more. But if you don't use it for the more, that same ability and same kolach can be used for terrible things. So it's part of the DNA of a Jew is to give, to be able to accomplish great things. A Yehudi is hungry. A Yehudi is not satisfied with a little. A Yehudi wants more. But if he doesn't use the more for his purpose of Torah, more Torah, more learning, more mitzvot, more Midot, more Kiddushah. If you don't use your hunger of more as a Jew for Kiddushah, then you're going to end up that you use it, Hasbe Shalom, the things that even Goyim didn't think of. Instead of learning Tosafot and thinking of a Svarah, that even Rabbi Akiva may not have mechavento. As I'll tell us, they left us room 
Every person has his own halak in Torah. So instead of mehadesh, a nekudah and tosfot, you mehadesh something in the world that even a goy didn't think about. How low you can get. A Yehudi thought about it. Don't ever be surprised at the terrible sight when you walk in the streets of Tel Aviv. Aruch Hashem, I haven't been in Tel Aviv. At least I don't remember being in Tel Aviv. But from the pictures that you see, it would seem to be Echa Aita Lezonan. How could it be? How could it be you'll see in the streets, not a goy, you'll see someone that looks worse than a goy. Things that are being done worse than the going. Echa! How could that be? Moshe Rabbein was Echa, how awesome are these people? Yeshaya is Echa, how low could they go? But they're connected, the two Echas. The awesomeness of Moshe Rabbein was Echa and the lowness of Yeshua are connected. They're not two separate, like, it's not like he can't understand his Echa. Those Echas are together. It's because Moshe Rabbeinu's Echa. It's because of his explanation or expression of how awesome Am Yisrael is. It is that same awesomeness when not used, you're going to have Yeshayahu's Echa Lezona. Never be surprised when you see Yehudi go so low. It's part of the greatness of a Yehudi. That's why they go so low. Because greatness was given to them and one way or another they'll use it. That was Yeshayahu's Echa. And that says the Midrash, the third Echa is Echa Yasheva Badad Yirmiyahu's Echa. How could this be, this destruction? Says the Gaon Melissa. That the Midrash is telling you that the answer of Yirmiyahu's Echa, not that Yirmiyahu didn't know the answer. Yirmiyahu is saying, how could it be? But he knows the answer. You know how it could be? He used the word Echa to say, how could it be? But he's referencing the first two Echas. This is how it could be. Because look what Moshe Rabbeinu said about you people. And look what Yeshayahu expressed in what you guys were doing. When a Yehudi who has the Echav Moshe Rabbeinu acts like the Echav Yeshayahu, the results are the Echav Yirmiyahu. And that's why history has brought more destruction to Am Yisrael and greater level of destruction to Am Yisrael than any other nation. That's what the Midrash means. There were three who said Echav. All the echaz that were expressed in this midrash are explaining the other. 
which helps us not only understand history, but it helps answer another question. You know, it would not seem to be a very wise thing for a person to sit down one night and write in a book all the tragedies that took place in his life. We wouldn't call that person a very wise person. Oh, then when I tripped, I hurt my knee, and then when I broke my leg. Oh, yeah, when I sprained my ankle, and also I had to get stitches that time. You've heard people writing about all the kindness that Hashem did for them. You ever heard someone sitting down to write a book about all the terrible things that happened in their life? What a horrible thing to do. Wise people don't do that. And Kol Shekin, to write a tragedy not for yourself, to write a tragedy for people who didn't experience it. Imagine gathering your family and say, boys, ladies, let me tell you about my life. When I was seven years old, I fell off the bridge. When I was eight, I fell off the roof. When I was nine, I was this. When I was 10, and he starts telling his family about things they know nothing about. All the terrible tragedies that took place in his life. What are you doing? Why are you gathering your children to tell them about tragedies that happened to you? Not befitting a wise person to make such statements, to do such acts. And he, Yermiyahu and Navi, sits down and he's writing the book of tragedies. Why is he doing that for? Not only for himself, but also for us to read it. Why do we need to read about the tragedy for? Why do we have to know what happened to Am Yisrael? Answer is that this book is not about tragedies. It's about the cause to tragedies. You know, if he sat down with your children and he said, I want to tell you something that happened to me. You know, you know, once I went to rehab. I was a drug addict. But let me explain to you why it happened to me. Because I made that decision. You know, I got hurt once in my life. But let me explain to you why it happened. That's a very valuable book. The book that's valuable is that one that explains why things happen. That's what this Megillat Echa is about. It's not about reporting the bad things that happened. It's not meant for you to read this on the Shabbat so you can be depressed. Most people, when they read, they don't understand it anyway. So it doesn't bother them. They think they're reading Tehillim. Some like the tune also. That's not the purpose of this book. It's not to depress you. It's not to enjoy the song. It's meant to give you the connections of why things happen so that you could take it for your own life. This is the whole purpose of Megillat Echa. Tremendous opportunity to learn about what causes tragedy. How important it is for each person to learn the cause of why things happen the way they shouldn't happen in the way a person doesn't want them to happen. It's a great, tremendous opportunity that Yermiyahu blessed us with to write this Megillat Echa.
History repeats itself, as they say. What does it mean, history repeats itself? People think it's like a miraculous thing. Where Hashem made history repeat itself, it's not miraculous. Not any more than anything else. History repeats itself is basically saying one principle. Like Shlomo Amel says in Kohelet. En hadash da hadashamish. There's nothing new in life. There's nothing new in the world. Now me and you probably would disagree with that. When we read that Pasuk in Kohelet, what? There's nothing new under the sun? What are you talking about? You see a car? You see an airplane? You see a computer? You see this house? There's nothing new. What are you, what are you talking about? There's plenty of things new. What does he mean when he says nothing new? You see, the reason why we think the world is new is because our eyes focus on all these physical things that we have. But in reality, if you look at the real essence of the world, which is the person, the person never changed. The challenges of anger have been around from Adam Arishon. When you read about the anger of Cain, you're reading about your own anger. Nothing changed. When a person is fighting jealousy, nothing changed. From Adam Arishon till today, nothing new in the world changed. In the person, nothing changed. Same world. Laziness was always around. The struggle to control our desires, always around. Nothing changed. History repeats itself because the human never changed. His struggles, his challenges. So therefore, history repeats itself because it's, it's the same history. So when you read Echa, you're not learning about something that happened 2,500 years ago. You're learning about today too. Because it's the same history. When you learn about the tragedy, you're learning about your own tragedies. To understand why they happened. Thank God we have Yirmiyahu and Navi who can give us an understanding. It doesn't take a great man to report news. To report news, you got to be a reporter. And those people, not necessarily are very great. But to understand why things happen, now you need to be a great person. And that's what Irmiyahu did for us. Helped us understand why things happen. Today you have in the world, sometimes terrible things in Am Yisrael that took place. Anti-Semitism and maybe other types of things. And then you have people trying to fight it. Problem, they're good people. They're not bad people. They have good intentions. They want to help. It's coming from a very good place. But they don't know why it happened. How could you fix something if you don't know why it happened? Usually when you try to fix something, you don't know why it happened, you, you break it more. Man, you take a little machine and it's not working. And you don't know why it's not working. So you stop playing around with every part of the machine that was working. Now you break the machine more. You can't fix a machine if you don't know where the problem is. So when you have a problem in the Jewish world and there are people trying to fix it, if you don't know Yirmiyahu and Navi, 
If you don't know Echa, if you didn't learn what causes what, so you're just trying to help, but you don't know what you're doing. You have good intentions, but good intentions don't fix things. You need to know what's broken altogether. Why did that happen? Why is this happening? If you don't learn Echa, then you can't learn the Holocaust. And you can't learn tragedy in today's world. You could, re you could see it as a reporter. You could report what happens. But you're not going to know why it happens. So this, this Megillah becomes a very important part of our daily lives. Yermeyahu wrote it to help us. Not to help us cry. But to help us avoid crying. So, this is what we'll continue tomorrow. Have a good day.